Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us today and enjoy today's service. All over the house, put your hands together. The Lord is so good, He's so wonderful. Man, we're so glad to see all of you here in present in the service. So glad to have all of you tuning in with us there at home. If you have ever read the Psalms, you know that there's a gamut of emotion that takes place between the writers and their God. Sometimes you're just talking about how wonderful God is. Other times you're wondering where he is and why he hadn't shown up earlier. And sometimes they just pour out their emotions and their feelings. But David pours out a heart of gratitude over and over again, thankful for what God has done in his life. And in Psalm 57 on the side screen, my heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing of your praises. Wake up, my heart, wake up, musical instruments. I'll wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted or lifted up, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over and doesn't the earth need it? All the earth, all mankind, all people everywhere. I don't know what you have tried in this life to find happiness. I don't know where you have gone, what you've tried to purchase, what type of relationships you've tried to have to find joy, happiness, and peace in your soul. But if you, like everyone else, have found that it's like putting a ladder on a wrong building, spending your entire life climbing up something only to realize you spent money, time, and resources on the wrong thing. There is only one person in your life that will ever give you the life that God wanted you to have, and that is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. To know God the Father, to know God the Son, and to know God the Holy Spirit. And once you have tried everything else, or I hope you're smart enough not to waste any more time on it, tuck into your Heavenly Father and live and receive the blessings that He and only Him can give you in this life. Here we go, watch what he does. Sing his song with us.
<laughs> it is a very rare thing for me to replace worship songs with, that I love with a brand new favorite. I think I just put replaced with a brand new favorite. Oh man. I wanna ask you to come in agreement with me to pray for several things that I think might be going on in our world, in our lives, talking about our lives. So if you can come in agreement with me concerning what I'm praying, do so while I pray. Join in with me talking to the Heavenly Father. There, those of you that are home, those of you that are alive here in the room, let's pray. Father God, thank you for being our champion. Thank you, Father, for giving us victory. Thank you for making a way when, Father, when we feel like things are hopeless. Thank you, Father, that you never allow your children to get stuck. We don't have to keep doing life, marriage, relationships, money, finances. We don't have to keep doing those the same way they've always been done. There's not a child of God that you have that's in this room that has to be stuck in a relationship that they're in right now and not be able to move forward. You give us victory. You give us understanding. You give us peace. You give us joy. You fill us with happiness, and we are so thankful for that. Father, I come against the spirit of loneliness. I come against the spirit of depression. For marriages, Father, that are struggling, I pray that you would bring unity and happiness and joy back into that relationship. For those that have a health issue, I pray, Father, for healing to take place, that they would be healed from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet in the powerful name of our healer, Jesus. We didn't come here just to do another service. We didn't come here to mess around. We came here to do business with you, to spend time in your presence, Father God. And I pray that everything that we say and do in here would bring honor and glory to you because we do love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And for anyone right now in this room or watching online who desperately needs your touch, they need your help, touch them right now, I pray. Let them feel you, I pray and turn their situation around beginning now. I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, would you give our champion one more hand? Isn't he wonderful? It is so good to see you guys. Give somebody an air five on your way back to their seat, and thank you again for being here this morning, and you may be seated. For those of you that have tuned in online, thank you again for being here. Um, we appreciate so much you tuning in, so much you sharing the services with others. Uh, that means a great deal to us. If you want to know more about Fellowship Church here in Grand Junction, Colorado, you can text the word fellowship to 94,000. Once you do that, you'll be prompted with some options that will allow you to be able to reach out, get in contact with us, and get uh, a lot more information concerning uh, this wonderful church, these wonderful people, this ministry. Uh, here in Grand Junction. We have several people that are visiting with us in a live service this morning at 9 o'clock, as well as in this service, because you came for the first time last week to watch a friend or to watch a loved one uh, follow the Lord in baptism. We had 44 people baptized between services last Sunday. People that have recently accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, those that just had not been baptized, 
and we are so thankful for you guys being here. I met several of you this morning, and I uh, met several of you just right before this service. We do want to have a record of you being here, and how you do that, if you're in the live service especially, just go to the information center in the lobby if you would. Tell them that you're a guest. They will give you a packet of information as well as one of these cards. Just get you a free specialty drink at our coffee shop area. There's more information that will go into that guest packet for you as well. And uh, that's just us. And we're not going to bug you with a bunch of stuff, but it is us just connecting with you and you having more information uh, about the church. Today as we give of tithes and offerings, whether you're doing so from home or here in the live service, uh, there are several ways that you give. Now, Ann and I still write a check. We still put it in an envelope. We still bring it to church, and we still put it in the offering box in the lobby. We're old school that way. That's how we do it. But many people today text give or text tithe by doing so with the number you see on the side screen. Or they also go online to fellowshipgga.com and give on our website. Or they give on our church center app which is very popular. Lots of people use that. So in these times where we're seeing about 60 to 80% of churches starting to return to live services, then giving options, of course, have had to change. And thank you for rolling with it. Thank you for continuing to stay faithful in that area. Uh, we appreciate that so, uh, so very, very much. Well, there are wonderful things that are happening around uh, Fellowship Church and this is Pastor Will and Pastor Sarah to tell us about them. Good morning, Fellowship Church. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. There's a lot of things going on here at Fellowship. That's a, that's a sweet hat. Hey, thanks, Will. I got it in our bookstore. You got our bookstore? Yeah, there's only a few left. Okay. Well, um, okay, well, if you're interested, you can go buy one of these in our bookstore. They're only 20 bucks and there's a very limited supply. Spiritual Warfare is right around the corner next week on the 24th. It's going to start. It's going to be on Tuesdays this time. It's going to meet in the Two Rivers Room. Spiritual Warfare 1.0 is super pivotal. It's a flagship course here at Fellowship Church, and it's something you don't want to miss. Yep, it starts at 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights. It's only 18 bucks. You can sign up on the Church Center app. Baby dedications are coming up on Sunday, August 29th. And we just had a baptism service, but baby dedications are a little bit different than baptism. Yeah, this is a really special service where you as the parent get to dedicate your child to the Lord. And so we have prayer counselors, it's in the middle of service, it's during worship, it's a really special time. You're welcome to invite your friends and family, take lots of pictures. It's a really special service that you wanna get your kiddo signed up for. Coming up on August 26th, we have our life group leader meeting. This is an incredible time for you guys to come and check out what it means to be a life group leader. If you already are leading a small group, come check it out. We'd love to give you resources. Or if you're interested in becoming a life group leader and what that means and what that looks like, Will's gonna tell you all about it. Last time we did this meeting, it was really, really awesome to be able to join a community. I know leading a life group can seem like it's a lonely place and, and you're just by yourself trying to lead these people in life, but there's a big community here at Fellowship Church of life group leaders. So if that's something that interests you, just like all the other things we're saying, sign up on the Church Center app. You can find all of it there, but there's no cost to this event. Like Sarah said, there's childcare and dinner provided. So if this is something that interests you, check it out today. We are super excited to launch the start of our young adult ministry. And we haven't had a young adult ministry here in years, so we're excited to get this off the ground. What it's gonna look like on starting September 19th, Sundays from seven to about 8.30, 
We're gonna have a large meal together, just eat, hang out, maybe play some games, and then we're gonna break down into Bible studies because we think it's important that we wanna grow closer in our relationship to God and then also be able to meet other people in the same age and stage of life. And so it's a super awesome place and we hope that you guys can make it. Yep. Don't forget to sign up the Church Center app in case you're wondering. Church Center app, it's Church only Center app. $25. It's gonna be worth it. If you're 18 to 26, we wanna see you there. Y'all, it's been so powerful, so incredible meeting back in person. Check out this video. Being here in person, it's different than online. It's the fellowship, the family, the friends, the power of worship the power of the word coming from the speakers. It, online was great when it was the only option we had, but now that it's not being back here, I truly realized what was missed, what was missing. I, it's hard to explain, but it is great to be back here at church. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your Sunday morning with us. Enjoy the rest of today's service. So a few Wednesday nights ago, we had our, we were supposed to have our Lake 4640 event where all your kids get money and get free skin treatment, you know, for about an hour. And the storms rolled in and we had to postpone it. And so I was kind of there just to help out, just uh, make sure that we got everything switched over from an outside event to an inside event. And, and uh, I went home that night and I was just kind of done. It was kind of late. And I've been on this 1100 calorie a day diet. 1,100 calories, that's not a lot. That's really not a lot for me because I can swing by roosters and inhale and that's 1,000 calories, okay? And so I'm at, I'm at home, I get home and I'm watching the Olympics because I love the Olympics and I stay up late and Rebecca had gone on to bed and uh, usually what happens is with, when I get ready to go to sleep at night, I, I turn every light off in the house and I have my phone and on my phone is a flashlight. Now, a lot of people think smartphones are great for all kinds of reasons. I think they're great because of the flashlight. I use that a lot. And so uh, I usually use that to find my way, navigate my way to the bedroom. I also use it to set our alarm. Uh, we have an alarm system on our house, and so you can really do it easy with an app, and so I'll do that as well. Well, that night, I turned off the lights and noticed I did not have my phone. Now, this probably wouldn't have been any big deal, but on this 1,100 calorie a day diet, I'd been pretty dizzy and just kind of had foggy brain and that kind of stuff. And so I'd kind of struggled a little bit, but I thought, well, I can, you know, get in there and I can set, set the alarm manually. Uh, you know, I, I can navigate, I'll be fine. And so I go into our office where the little, the display is to set the alarm. And this particular alarm system, when you, uh, when you arm it, the screen turns orange. And so really, really bright. And you know how that is when it's totally dark and then you get a really bright light in your eye and how you just see, you know, that bright light for a little while. Well, that, that was me. So I set the alarm, had this light thing going on in my eyes and then uh, was a little dizzy. And as I was going to my bedroom to go to bed, I thought I was going down the hallway to my bedroom and I was really going down the corridor where our stairs were. So I reach out and uh, you guys were so much more compassionate than nine o'clock. They were like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And you're like, oh, that's, 
That's sad, because it was sad. And I actually told this story the next day to one of my buddies, thinking I was going to get some sympathy, and he laughed all the way through it. He thought it was hilarious. So I thought, well, I'll use it for a message, you know, whatever. So I come over to where I think is the hallway, and I reach out to turn the light on, and there's no light switch. And so I'm feeling for it, and I have a doggy gate that's at the top of these stairs. And so as I reach, I miss the light switch, which isn't there, and I go over this doggy gate. And I fall down the stairs to what now I realize why they call it a landing I landed on the landing. Now I was hurting and I've been, I've been, you know, hurt with bike wrecks. Some of you guys have heard some of my stories, whether it's been, you know, sports growing up or bike wrecks or whatever. And usually if I get nauseous after an injury, it means I broke something or I pulled something. And so I'm at, on the landing on my back and I am, I'm sweating profusely and I'm super nauseous. Now, during this entire time, my dogs don't wake up. My wife doesn't wake up, which is crazy, which is crazy. Because understand, my dog barks if a gnat passes wind. I mean, our dog is just that sensitive. But they don't wake up, and that's okay, because uh, it's better that way. I, I didn't want Rebecca to, to, to get up, and, because if, she, if I wake her up and I scare her, then she's not going to be able to go back to sleep. And the truth is, is that I did want some form of dignity left in my life. The last thing I wanted to tell my wife was, I've fallen and I can't get up. Right? At 51, I need life alert. And so I'm laying on the landing. I'm just sweating and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't want to throw up. I don't, you know, I could just, if I can lay here long enough, hopefully I can recover. So about 10 minutes or so goes by. And finally, I think I've got enough strength. I can make it to the top of the stairs. I can get back into bed. Cause if I can get to bed, then I could just go to sleep and hopefully things will be better tomorrow. So I climb back up the stairs. And once I get to the top, I'm not feeling right at all. And I know that in a very short period of time, I'm either going to throw up or I'm going to pass out. So I tell myself, I'm not gonna go in the bedroom. I don't wanna scare her. I don't wanna throw up in my bedroom. So I'll just make it to the living room and I'll lay down on the couch and, and, until I, I feel better once again. And so I go into where I think I'm at in the living room and right at the last moment where I feel like I'm about ready to lose consciousness, I fall on where I think the couch is, but the couch is not there. <laughs> and so I land flat on the wood floor and I hurt myself in other areas. Still, same, dogs never bark. I would have thought that my little cockapoo would have come in and seen what happened, would have gone to the paramedics and said, Little Timmy's in trouble, come quick. <laughs> but he never showed. But instead, my cat shows up. My cat strolls in and she's ready for love. Now you know how cats are. Cats are not concerned about our needs whatsoever. They're only concerned about their needs. And so as she came in, I thought, oh no, what am I gonna do? Because I don't have the strength to fight her off. And as she violates my face with her shedding fur, I realize my only choice is to just let her finish. And so as I'm laying there and I finally fight the cat, I finally get her away, 
I realized, okay, I got to crawl to the bedroom. So I end up crawling to the bedroom. I, I crawl to uh, my bathroom and I pull myself up and I look at my mirror, my ashen face covered with fur. <laughs> and I look and I say, Lord, did I really have to go through this? Now, I did not make up any of that. That's all 100% truth. And truth can be stranger than fiction. But I think many times in our life, we look in the mirror and we pray to the Lord, do I really have to go through this? Did, whatever I'm facing right now, Lord, is it really necessary that I go through what I'm going through? And trying to understand God's will and his plan can be so difficult at times. We have such a hard time understanding why we go through the things we do. And most of the time, it's because we can't fathom God's steering process for our lives. And we really can't understand his master plan, which he sees clearly, but we don't. You know, this reminds me of a story in the Bible where God tries to share his plan with one of his favorite people and they can't handle it. As a result, it starts a domino effect, which ends up affecting millions of people in Israel. And it's the story of Hezekiah. Now, many of you, whether you've grown up in, in, in a kid's church or maybe you went to Sunday school, maybe you've heard the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king in the Old Testament, and he was a king after Saul and David and Solomon. Now, Saul, David, and Solomon were uh, kings in Israel during the time known as the United Monarchy, which means that all 12 tribes, which were like 12 states in the region, fell under one king. In this situation, Hezekiah came after Solomon, and after Solomon, the kingdom split up. Eleven tribes formed the northern nation of Israel, while the southern tribe of Judah made up its own country. Now, there was all kinds of political turmoil during the day, and different kings would come, out, come in and rule, and of course, they were all did it by lineage, you know, grandfathers, fathers, sons, became king after king after king. And throughout this time, what we see happen in history is there would be a good king, the country would prosper. The king would be in, have uh, uh, the reign of the kingdom for a long period of time. Then there would be bad kings. Those bad kings would come in, do things that they shouldn't be doing, and of course their reign would be cut short. And the interesting thing is, is that they would all be a part of the same family line. So a grandfather would come in and do one thing, father would come in and do exactly the opposite, and then his son would do exactly the opposite of him. And that's what we see with Hezekiah. But Hezekiah was a great king. He reigned for 29 years. He repaired the temple his father Ahaz had, had closed and reinstated, reinstated priests and sacrifices. Ahab was, Ahab, was, or Ahaz was so wicked that he just shut the temple down. He shut the temple where God's uh, throne was, where God's presence was. He just shut it. He wouldn't allow anybody to worship. He removed, uh, according to scripture, uh, Hezekiah removed false gods from the land. He defeated the Philistines and was in power when God defeated the Assyrians. And 2 Kings chapter 18 speaks of Hezekiah and how he was as leader. It says he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah poles. Those are all things that the people of the day were worshiping. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. So Moses had this uh, uh, symbol, he had this uh, emblem that he used, and it was something that was supposed to uh, bring presence, the presence of the Lord into a situation. But what these people did is they just worshiped the emblem and 
and start, stopped worshiping God. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, verse five says the God of Israel. There was, no one like him, uh, uh, there was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given him. So great king, great relationship with God. And there comes a time when Hezekiah is coming close to the end of his reign. And Isaiah is the prophet at the time. And Isaiah is this incredible prophet and he hears the, the word of the Lord. When Isaiah spoke, he's the one that uh, did the majority of the prophecies about the Messiah and Jesus's life. And he did it in such great detail, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus uh, was ever even came on earth. And so when Isaiah spoke, people listened. And so it was really cool if he came to you and he had a particular message for you. And we see his message in Isaiah chapter 38. The Bible says about that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says, set your affairs in order for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Now you might go, well, that's not a very good message, but he's doing it so that Hezekiah can put, his, put things in order. He can be ready for it. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I've always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestors, David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend the city. And this is the sign from the Lord to prove that he will do as he has promised. I will cause the sun's shadow to move 10 steps backwards on the sundial of Ahaz. So the shadow on the sundial moved backwards 10 steps. So he gives him, he grants him 15 more years. And not only that, but he says, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove that you're going to get those 15 years because I'm going to turn back time. That's where Cher got those lyrics, right? <laughs> if I could turn back town, right? It's my best Cher impersonation. That's all I got. But that's how much God loved Hezekiah. Then Hezekiah, after that, writes a poem and a song to the Lord. He worships him, which I think is one of the reasons why God loves him so much is because he's so willing to worship God so freely. But when we read this scripture, it makes us ask the question, can we get God to change his mind? If the Lord has told you something and you just don't know if God has led you down a certain path and you were questioning it or you're not in maybe agreement with where you're at, can you go to him and say, Lord, do we have to do this? Do I have to go through this? Does this have to happen to me? Sure we can. We absolutely can ask God to change his mind. He did for Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, he loved him. He loved us just as much as he does Hezekiah. You gotta remember, God is a parent like we're a parent in many of the same ways. And when our kids come to us and they ask us for something, a lot of times it's a hard no, right? No, no. But many times it's about a subject maybe that's not that big a deal and they can come back and appeal to us again and we'll be like, all right, yeah, okay, whatever, that's fine. You talk me into it. 
and God is much the same way. I remember uh, when I was a kid growing up, we watched The Karate Kid. I thought The Karate Kid was so, so cool. And you uh, uh, remember Cobra Kai? In fact, there's a show on Netflix now called Cobra Kai. Well, in that original movie, Cobra Kai, all those guys, they rode motorcycles. And they were just like so cool. And they had their jackets. They were Cobra Kai. And so me and my friends, we watched this movie and we were like, we hatched a plan. We're like, we're gonna do that. We're, we're gonna get motorcycles. That's gonna be our first a car. That's gonna be for our first vehicle. So we strategized how we were gonna talk to our parents and told them that how much money we were gonna save them because motorcycles were so much cheaper and gas was so much cheaper for motorcycles. And we went and we presented it. And I told my parents, this is such a good idea. And I've already found a bike and this is what it looks like. And this is what it's gonna cost. And, and they looked at me and said, no. No way, you're not getting a motorcycle for your first vehicle. You will kill yourself. And so that was one of those instances where it was a hard no. And there's times in our life when the Lord is gonna give us a hard no, which leads though to the next question. We said, can we, you know, we asked the question, can we get God to change his mind? But should we ask God to change his mind? Should we? Because we need to remember when we ask that question, do we really want him to? I mean, at the moment we might, but long-term, do we really want him to? Because God knows what he's doing. He's really smart. And he has reasons why he does what he does. And we've read this scripture at Romans 8, 28. I don't know how many times I've read this in almost every uh, memorial service or funeral that I've ever been a part of. That's that famous scripture that says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are, uh, are called according to his purpose for them. So like we hold to that scripture and, and we trust in that scripture. So should we ask him to change his mind? So God gives Hezekiah 15 more years. And you think, what are you gonna do with your life? Let's say you're on your deathbed. Somebody comes in and says, well, the Lord is gonna take you home, but he's decided to give you 15 more years. What are you gonna do with that 15 years? What did Hezekiah do with those 15 years? Well, for one of the first things we see in scripture that happens in Hezekiah's life after the 15 years is he conceives a child with his wife and his name is Manasseh. And you might go, well, that's so what? It's no big deal. Kings have kids all the time. That can't be any big thing. Manasseh wasn't a normal child. <laughs> he became Judah's king when he was 12 and pretty much did everything opposite of his father. He built altars to pagan gods in the temple. He built altars for all the stars of heaven. Uh, Hezekiah was one of the first astrologists. Now understand that there is definitely, since the beginning of time, been a scheme hatched by the enemy to take Christianity or Judaism and add things to it. And so this happened throughout Israel's life. They would praise and worship God, they would be loyal to him, but sooner or later, they would eventually bring false gods into the camp. They would bring false gods into their homes. And for us, we might go, oh, yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe people doing that. But the thing is, is in our culture, it happens all the time as well. If you are a person that loves the Lord and you're, you're a Christian, but you are looking at your, your sign and you're looking at uh, what the astro astrologists are saying about your day and, and what you're gonna go through, 
understand, guys, that is something that we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to add anything. The Bible is enough. Our relationship with the Lord is enough. We don't need astrologists. We don't need crystals to grow, gain power from or healing from. Understand that that is all things that the Lord detests. He says, don't do it. Now I say those things. And if you have gotten into the habit, maybe where you have crystals or maybe you, you picked up a turtle in Hawaii and you carry it around for, for good luck, that, that, that is all a way that the devil tries to get you separate, have a separate mind from the Lord and also looking at something else for your safety, for your future, for your provisions in life. God does not want that. So if that's you, just get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't feel bad about it because God will give you grace and forgive you for it. If you want more information about what all that stuff looks like, we have a spiritual warfare class that's starting in just a few weeks. Sign up for that. I think sometimes we'll be surprised about all the things that are around us that are idolatry that we can allow into our home and we don't even realize it. So Hezekiah, uh, Hezekiah's son Manasseh was really, really big into this world. Scripture said that he led the people so far away from the Lord that they were doing things even more evil than the pagan nations God had destroyed. He practiced sorcery, divination, witchcraft, witchcraft consulted mediums and sacrificed his own kids to the gods that he was trying to appease. He sacrificed his own children. That's how bad Manasseh was. And he led Israel down a path that was a path to destruction. And you think, well, maybe if, you know, obviously if, if the Lord had taken Hezekiah home when he said he was going to, then Manasseh would not be inflicted upon the, the, the uh, people of Israel. Have you ever thought that God may be not answering a prayer for you because he sees how it's gonna affect somebody in their next generation? or generations down the line. Everything is cause and effect. Like if we, if we do something, there's gonna be something that can come from that, an effect that can come from that. So the Lord sees this plan way down the road for us years and years in advance. So it's another reason why we should trust him. The, the other thing that we see that he does, and this is just blows you away, this happens right after he is healed. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 39, suit after this, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah's best wishes and a gift. He had heard that Hezekiah had been very sick and that he, had, that he had recovered. Hezekiah was delighted with the Babylonian envoys and showed them everything in his treasures, his treasure, houses, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the aromic oils, aromic oils. He also took them to see his armory and showed them everything in his royal treasures. There was nothing in his palace or kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. So this king very arrogantly walked these people from this other country and showed off for a long time with these envoys. Now, who defeated Judah? What country? The Babylonians did. You see, old Merodach here took pretty good notes on everything that Hezekiah had so pridefully showed him. And he used it eventually to destroy and conquer Jerusalem. Years down the road, Babylon knew exactly how to attack them, where to attack them, what they were gonna get when they had attacked them and how to find the treasures when they got there. And scripture even, it says that, that Hezekiah was, was confronted about doing this. And he said, ah, that's, I'll be dead and gone by the time that happens. At least it's not happening while I'm alive. This is a new Hezekiah, a different Hezekiah in these last 15 years of his life. So we see here that 
we can ask God to change, uh, change his mind. We also see that we also see that maybe it's not a good idea to ask him to change his mind, but why should we trust God's will in the first place? Well, the first reason is because he knows what we need. God knows what we need. Philippians 4:19 says, "And this same God who takes care of me will supply your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus." God knows what we want, but thank God he makes his decisions based on what we need. How many times in your life have you prayed for something that you really, really wanted, only to see later that maybe that wasn't the best thing to be praying for? God knows you so well. He knows you so well. Of course he knows your wants. Of course he knows your desires. But more importantly, he knows what you really need. The second reason we should trust him is that he has a plan. He has a plan for us. Isn't it great to know that he has a plan and that we're just not all wandering around, just wondering what's gonna happen next and just aloof and just kind of allowing the wind to blow us one way or the, uh, the other in any direction. God has a plan and you are a part of that plan. You're a part of his will. A few years ago, uh, one of my favorite groups has a, singer in it named Hillary Scott. And she sings for the group, Lady Annabellum. And she sings a particular song and you can tell her heart's in it because she's talking about God's plan for our life. And sometimes it's really hard to understand what that is. But then she also sings about the fact that his will will be done. And his will is always a perfect will.
It was about 20 years ago or so, uh, I had met this girl that had come to our church. And she was new and Christianity was something she didn't know if she really wanted to try. And so fellowship was a great place for her to come in and uh, just allow herself to absorb the teaching and, and, and just see where she was at in her faith. And she was pregnant at the time. And while she had attended our church off and on, uh, she ended up having this child and it was a beautiful little boy and he was very, very healthy. But a few months down the road, the baby died of SIDS. And I found out about it and of course my heart was broken and it wasn't long after that that she called me and said, I, I need somebody to talk to. And so she came into my office and absolutely broken. And it's during those times as a counselor or a first responder or a pastor where you just have no words. It's like, what do you say? How do you explain that? So I felt like the Lord was just telling me to explain to her that she can see her little boy again and she would see her little boy again. And she didn't understand the age of accountability. She didn't understand that her little boy was in heaven. And so I tried to explain that to her. And I told her, I said, the way that you know you'll see him again is by you receiving Christ, by you having a personal relationship with him. And so in my office that day, I led her to the Lord. And when I got done, as I was praying the sinner's prayer with her, I felt like I had this vision. I saw her in heaven with her child in the future. And so I told her, I said, as I was praying over you and we were doing the salvation prayer, I saw this vision and I saw you with your son. And it was like a thousand years down the road. And he looked at you and he said, I love you, mom. But you remember, I, I didn't spend much time on earth. I almost forgot that I, I didn't really have much of a life on earth before I came to heaven. But I have eternity here with you now. And I told her, I said, this may have happened just so you could see him again. You might not have ever received Christ if it hadn't been for this tragedy. And as a result, not only does your son have eternal life, but you have it too. He has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 is my wife's favorite verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. The third reason why we need to trust him is that he loves us and wants the best for us. He so loves us. As a parent, I want the best for my kids and he's the same way. I mean, Rebecca and I want to see our kids more blessed than, than we have been. We love them that much. And God loves his children even more. If you remember in scripture, in the New Testament this time, somebody else, Asked God if he would change his mind. And that was Jesus. In the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was to be crucified, he went to his dad and he said, are you sure? Like, do we have to do this? In fact, his exact words were, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, yours be done. And in that instance, 
thank God he didn't change his mind. How much does he love us that he let his son die for us, that we might have life with him forever? That's how much we can trust him. Now, I don't know what you're going through right now, but there's all kinds of things in life that hit us that test our faith, right? All kinds of things. Right now, maybe it's something with your health and you are, you're at your wit's end and you've tried everything. You've gone to every doctor, you've gone to every specialist, you've read every article on the internet, you've tried alternative therapy, you've tried everything and you don't know which way to turn. And you're wondering, what's your plan, God? Why am I going through this? Maybe it's your finances. They're a mess. And you keep thinking to yourself, man, I know, Lord, I know you're gonna provide. I know you're gonna come through for me. But you just can't see his plan. Maybe your kids are freaking out. They all do that, by the way. (laughs) At one time or another. But you can't understand why they're hurting and why they're going through what they're going through. Whatever it is this morning, let's stand together as a church family. And as we stand together, we're just saying, we all got our stuff. We all don't understand at times why we're going through what we're going through. And so whatever it is that has just been plaguing your mind, whatever it is that has just caused you to want to take control and fix whatever it is just picture that issue in your mind that that problem that person that you've been praying for that you've been praying about I know you love them I know you want in your heart more than anything to see yourself, your family come out of this situation. But I wonder if this morning you would just trust. You would just trust your heavenly father enough to say, that will be done. That will be done. You know better. You know better than me, God. I don't understand it. And maybe you're doing something in me now that's going to affect somebody later. I don't know, God. So as you close your eyes this morning, I just want you to envision giving that problem completely over to the Lord. Picture yourself at his feet and giving that financial issue over to him, giving that health issue over to him, giving your children over to him, giving that sin habit, that addiction, you struggle with for so long, you're giving it over to him. And then just tell him thy will be done. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it. He can carry that load for you so much better than you can. So Lord, we give you these things and we thank you that you want to bear them for us. (laughs) We thank you that you have a plan for us. 
We thank you, Lord God, that you love us so much that you wanna see us blessed. You wanna see us with an abundant life. That you wanna spend eternity with us. Thank you, God, for that. And this morning, Lord, we just, we give you our stuff. give it to you, Lord, trusting that you can handle it and will. We love you, God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.